Welcome to the Weekly View at Sean's Rock. I am Sean the Keenan Torres in here, and of course, I am joined along with... And it's your boy, Strike the Mike. How are we doing on this lovely Thursday? I see you guys made it through Valentine's Day without any harm, so that's good. Hey, we made it through Valentine's Day and, and uh, the night parade. But before we go any further, let's go ahead and introduce our, our guest on today's show, Mr. Charles Bly. How you doing, Mr. Bly? How are you, sir? Just fine, just fine. Um... We asked uh, Mr. Bly to come on the show today. Uh, he is a former anchor for several news stations here in the Tampa Bay and Central Florida region. Uh, he is a true professional, and I'm glad he's on the show today. Um, yeah, great uh, to great to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's always yeah. fun to do something like this, you know. And you know, when you work in corporate TV, mm-hmm. you have to always color inside the box, which I never did very well. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So how do you how do you guys? I know I asked earlier, but I want our listeners to know how do you guys uh, pretty much know each other? Uh, who's going to answer that, Sean or me? I'll Sean, let you. I, I'll let you answer. I'll let you answer. Sean. Well, Sean was uh, I was introduced to Sean when he joined the crew of Sir Francis Drake uh, on mm-hmm. the parade route. I'm not. I mean, I think it was 19, wasn't it? Because we didn't have uh, it last year's. 2020. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So that must have been like the first Gasparilla because they canceled St. Patty's right Day. after. So yeah, we yeah. did Gasparilla night parade. All right. So I met Sean. Uh, he was uh, had an assistant with him, and they were uh, shooting video uh, uh-huh. of our crew uh, speaking with the owner of our crew, Renee Adams, uh, and the captain Roland Wood. And the reason why I would assume Sean is because we are the very first ADA compliant float in the world. And uh, this is the first opportunity that people with disabilities, uh, whether it be children or veterans who are in wheelchairs and not able to, you know, maneuver uh, well, we have a chairlift that gets them on the float. We have two bathrooms that can accommodate them. The aisles are wide enough that the wheelchairs can make it through and everything is ADA compliant. And um, I think that's what Sean was, uh, was documenting. And was that a documentary that you were doing, sir? Yes, it was a, a documentary. It was actually supposed to be featured in the uh, Gasparilla Film Festival for 2020. But as you were, are aware, that was canceled. Um, yeah. So everything kind of fell by the wayside after that. But that documentary is still in the works. But because it's not going to be doing Is this going to be on Netflix? Way, now, I'm well, yes, the thing I'm building it up even more. I'm trying to make this as, as professional documentary as I possibly can because, as uh, Charles was saying, this was a, a special float. This is a special organization because mm-hmm. when I went to interview uh, Renee and Roland, I did some research and I knew this was the only float in the country like that. But by the end of the uh, of 2020, actually, I researched enough to find out that this was the only float like it in the world which is saying something that wow. you know, this many years, I mean, people have been doing parade floats for hundreds and hundreds of years. And just now finally someone said, Hey, everyone else deserves to be on a parade float too. Not just the able-bodied. That's absolutely. That's, that's, that's amazing. So obviously both of you are veterans, right? No, yes. no, I'm not a vet. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, like- I'm a veteran journalist. Oh, well, I, you could have fooled <laughs> and me I support, because... And I support all that's... Now, the reason why I got involved uh, mm-hmm. uh, with Renee is because of her philanthropic work. Okay. Um, she is an incredible woman with an incredible heart. And to see how hard she works on the behalf of other people. I mean, hey, look, we, we, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, let, let's call it out. Life can be tough. 
Yeah, especially yeah. now. There's a lot of division. People are at each other's throats for ridiculous reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have ever been as divided as a nation as we are now. And thank God mm-hmm. for somebody like Renee Adams, who puts people first instead right. of politics, instead of party, instead of race, instead of PC. She does what needs to be done right here, right now. And um, that's why I wanted to join her. I wanted to be part of that. It's my way of giving back. Wow. I got to meet this lady. I want to meet her. Renee? What's her What's her last name? Adams. Renee Wood. Adams. Renee Adams. Robert. So if you guys are listening. Well, she's now, yeah, she's now married to <laughs> Roland. So it's Renee Adams Wood. So, yeah. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Sean always tells me about, you know, as far as the volunteering work that he's doing. And obviously, I got invited to hang on a gas grill. Unfortunately, I had to work. But you know, it, it, it's, it's good to hear it from, you know, someone else. Cause you know, when I hear from my co-host, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll check it out, whatever. Um, but to hear from you as well, you know, I, I kind of, you know, regret not, you know, taking time off and actually being able to participate in some of these, these events that you guys are part of, um, especially, you know, with this Renee lady, I, I'd love to have her on as well, but the reason oh, why she'd, I, she'd be more than happy to come and do it. Sean, that might be an idea. The reason why I'd ask I'm, if you were a, a veteran, um, Charles, is because the way you guys communicate with each other, it was just like, you know, yeah, no, sir, yes, sir. I was like, oh, these guys. <laughs> no, it's called respect. Yeah. Okay. It's oh, called yeah. respect. Oh, you... and, that, and, and that's what people need to have for each other. So I call him sir. He calls me sir. And everybody's having a great day. Exactly. The only Let's thing do a shot Sean of Jaeger. Is, yeah. The other thing with yeah. Sean is, oh, I see that. God, don't say that. I, oh, you you got me on, on, on night parade with that one. Oh, Listen, oh. What, Sean, I what's got the... away with not having Jaeger for 10 years, over 10 years. And well, that's gets... the problem. That probably explains <laughs> yeah. a lot of things. You haven't had a Jaegermeister. You need one. <laughs> <laughs> but but before we go any further, let's tell let's give him a little bit of background, uh, Charles. Let's give a little background about who you are. You know, what brought you? We know actually no one knows that you're a Tampa Bay native. So let's start from there. Where, where'd you I, start from here? Well, I am a fourth generation Tampa. And my family history is quite significant in the city of Tampa. When I say my family helped build the city, I mean that literally. My great-grandfather was Hugh Hanlon, who owned Hanlon Brick. And he made his own bricks. He was a bricklayer. He was instrumental in a lot of the construction in early Tampa, meaning Ebor, Tampa Heights, Seminole Heights. And there are still Hanlon Bricks in some of the streets and in some of the buildings in Ebor. Um, So we're very proud of that. Both my grandparents graduated from Hillsborough High School. Uh, I live just a couple of blocks away from where my grandmother's home was and her father's brick plant, which is actually where the Dutch Motel is at the corner of uh, Florida and Hillsborough. That used to be my grandfather, my great grandfather's land. So fast forward uh, (laughs) to, you know, four generations. And here I come along. Uh, went to school up in Pasco County. Uh, parents uh, divorced when I was very young, so I ping-ponged between Tampa and Cleveland. Uh, went to a junior high here, went to junior high there, went to high school here, went to high school there, and finally came back, <laughs> uh, went out, tried to see the world, uh, you know, just doing my own thing. And then when I got to be about uh, 24 years old, Uh, I was a waiter at Cafe Creole in Ybor City, which is right next to the HCC campus. And I saw all these kids coming out of class. And I remember looking at them and thinking, my God, what bright futures all of these kids have. And I looked down at me holding dirty dishes that I had just cleaned (laughs) off of somebody's uh, table. And and not that there is anything wrong with that work, but 
I mean, I put myself through school doing that and spinning records and, you know, whatever I could to make my tuition and pay my rent. I mean, there were many times that my parents don't know that I went to bed hungry. I just didn't have any money. Um, it went for books. It went for gas. It went for bus fare. It went for tuition. Mm. Uh, so those hard lessons really teach you a lot as you're climbing the ladder. And um, got into school, started doing, um, started in my major and uh, reached out to a television station, Channel 44 here. Okay. Um, very, very aggressive. You know, I, I always, uh, I'm not afraid of anything. Uh, I'll that's go and true. get what I want. That's, that's, and that's I mean, I am a true USF bull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I like a, like a bull in a China shop and I really bullied my way into a position. Um, and that's kind of like where it started. And from there I got, uh, first, my first job in, in front of the camera was in Macon, Georgia was the only there for four months when a headhunter from CBS was in well, wait, town. Were you re reporting when you said you were in front I was, of the I was a weekend anchor and, okay. and I was reporting too. You do both. And um, he saw me anchoring on the weekend and he said, I think I can place you. And wouldn't you know it, he takes me to Cleveland. For, so from market 124 to market 12 in four oh, months. Wow. So it was a massive jump. Wow. It just doesn't happen. And wow. um, my, I mean, it was all Providence because my dad is from Cleveland. My dad mm -hmm. lived in Cleveland. It was a place that I knew it was a, it was a safe haven where I could really spread my wings. And, and I did. And was there for about a year and a half, then went to SVN in Miami, which is where I stayed for 13 years. Uh, after 13 years, came to Tampa, was mm -hmm. here four years at Channel 10, and then went to be main anchor at uh, Fox in Orlando. So that is, that's wow. how I got to be where I'm at. That's, that, that you're is amazing. You're a, walk, you're a walking Tampa history lesson. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, I, I love Tampa. I love everything about this city. The problem is some of the people that are in power in this city are very small thinkers. They're not very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And they don't like being told that. But right. it, you <laughs> can tell by the true. way they carry themselves. You can tell by the way they vote on certain issues. You know, I think in big, bold terms, I want Tampa to be bigger and bolder and more grandiose than New York and London and Paris and Dubai and Tokyo and all these great cities. Mm -hmm. I may not never see that in my lifetime and probably won't, hey, but hey, that doesn't hey, mean that out. we can't. Well, you know what I mean? We're never going to be the same. Right. It, it takes time. You know, yeah. I, mean, I only got a couple of decades left and I don't think that we're going to make it to 7 million in the city, you know, or whatever crazy number they have down there. But the point is, is that we can lay the groundwork for the future, for future generations, so that Tampa does truly become in the future, the world-class city that it is destined to become. So quick question. So like, you know, with your, your broadcasting career, I know it took you a lot of places, but was there ever like, you know, when you started, like, I want to be in this marker, I want to be here specifically, or you just kind of just went with like, wherever it takes me, I'll go. You know, I, I honestly believe in the power of the universe and I believe in fate. And mm -hmm. I believe that our path is already laid out. Um, the decisions that you make uh, can alter that course and mm -hmm. ultimately decide whether you are successful or you fail. And you have to listen to what's going on around you. You have to be intuitive and listen to your gut. You have to follow your heart mm -hmm. and sometimes not your head. Mm -hmm. And I did know what I wanted. I was very impressed with the product uh, at Channel 7 in Miami. And once you work at SVN, uh, you can work anywhere. Anytime mm -hmm. that I went to interview while I was at SVM, because I mean, 
I was always looking for new opportunity, even though I loved right. it there. Right. When I would go to a news director's office, and I mean, I went to some major markets out of you know Miami for these interviews, and the very first question that these news directors asked me was, so you work at SVN? Because it is the newscast that news directors love to hate because they could never duplicate the success. <laughs> so it's easy for them to say to me in an office, say, you know, we tried the SVN product, but that it didn't work here. And I go, really? And I look around in their newsroom and I go, <laughs> who, who from SVN works here? And they go, oh, well, nobody. And I said, I go, okay, well, then you don't know what SVN is. And you've never done SVN. So it never had a chance to work here because you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's basically what I would tell them. So, you know, it's, it was easy and convenient to say, oh, that won't work and to dismiss it as fluff. Right, right. And I've had several gen- general managers dismiss the SBN product as fluff. And mm-hmm. it, you know, you can Google this. This is not my creation. It is the newscast that people love to hate because it is so dynamic, so fantastic, so uh, sensational. And Can't I mean that in the true it. definition of the word. You are afraid to not watch because you might miss something. it's true i mean and it was an it was an honor to be able to be a steward of that newscast to sit at the anchor desk Mm -hmm. that alice thought that i was good enough to sit with some of the best in the business with some of the most beautiful Mm -hmm. in the business i mean it's so flattering um i I always remember that i always remember that what's the biggest you know what's i i guess what did you learn the most from 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 SPN, like that, I guess you would learn in the most in in regular places. Like what, what's that thing that makes them like, you know? Well, it's, it's good question. Great question. Uh, SVN is a machine Mm -hmm. and we were the grease that made Mm -hmm. the machine run. And it is backbreaking. It is psychologically debilitating. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. cerebrally, emotionally, psychologically, but wow, what growth as journalists, because right. they put you through a ringer. You know, it's like when you're down in Homestead, which is like, you know, 40 minutes away from the city and you're mm-hmm. down there cruising around and something happens in Fort Lauderdale, which is over an hour away. It's quarter of 10 and they say, Hey, you have to be in, uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale at 10 o'clock. You're the lead. I'm like, I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> we're, we're 40 minutes away. The, the lead starts in 15 minutes and they're like, figure it out. Just face and it somehow, out. some way, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> some way, that live truck got into position and we skid in on two wheels, mask goes up, clipped up, everything, lights on, we go and we're there at the top. And, and um, you can even see my excitement now, you know, yeah. 10 years Damn. after I leave it, it was a great experience for me. And um, I want to publicly thank everybody who was ever involved in any of the decisions to mm-hmm. get me there, to keep me there. Uh, I just, it was a great time in my life. That's, that's amazing. It reminds me of, um, you ever see that movie with um, Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, I think it was on Nightcrawler, where he, he wasn't a reporter, but he was uh, kind of like the cameraman in LA. And yeah, basically they'd had, they'd had he'd like the police scanners. Like yeah. And he'd follow around ambulances and he, he bought like a new charger and all that stuff. And it was just like, it was the big thing. It was like a be, death proc process. Yeah. You had to be first oh. on scene to like report it, or it's just like, you know, doesn't even matter after that. And that kind of, and SBN kind of sounds like that. It's like oh, breaking news. It is. I mean, news, it is, it is the, it, it is the leader in the market. It's the leader in the state. It's probably one of the leaders in the nation. Um, mm-hmm. It, it really is a phenomenon. And anybody who works in news mm-hmm. knows that anybody who denies that is either stupid or 
or they want you to work for them. Disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. Why do you come work yeah. for us? So, so like, Wilf, willful so, ignorance is what I call it. So I see that you're, so, well, I see, I actually already knew this, but I see that you're an Emmy nominated, uh, you were Emmy nominated uh, TV anchor. Do you remember the yeah. story or stories that brought that hmm. Emmy nomination about? The Emmy nomination was for my coverage of the David Duke riot in Cleveland. And I'll give you the synopsis really quick because you're talking about Pandora's box, literally. You crack open the top of it and bang, all the worms come out and you're trying to shove the box shut mm -hmm. and the worms just keep coming. Mm -hmm. So the worms were the people who were with David Duke. They had decided they were going to hold a meeting at the Lithuanian club uh, on the east side of Cleveland. And these, the Lithuanian village, you know, these people, they, they don't know who David Duke is. They don't know that he was a grand dragon. They don't know that he was controversial and that, you know, being inside their building could probably mean their building would be burned down. But they took the money because they need it. You know, it's like it's a, it's a small minority, you know, little group and they have to take care of this building. So they gladly take that money. And I don't blame them. I mean, I don't expect everybody to know every single person on the planet. And and many of the Lithuanians in that place probably didn't speak English that well. I mean, there yeah, really, really still are parts of Cleveland that are microcosms of their ancestry. You, you know, you okay. have the Slavic village and you have little Italy and you have you know, all of these little places in cleveland where you've got a bunch of nationalities that are mm -hmm. you know packed tightly together and they didn't really know anything about david duke okay so fast forward um somebody finds out that he's having a meeting there and about four right. or five maybe 10 protesters start walking around in front of the front door um david duke I was interviewing him and he was kind of like mocking them through the glass and they could see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And they started kicking in the glass at the base of the building. And that of course started to make David Duke very nervous. So he tears off upstairs and we get thrown out of the building. And now we're <laughs> out there with, you know, the protesters and 10 turns to 20 turns to 50 turns to 100 turns to 200 turns to 500 and then the next thing you know here come the SWAT team standing in the middle of I think it was 65th street he's 65th and on one side are all the protesters and on the other side is a little Lithuanian village just that building so it's the building against all these people and now all of the SWAT are in the middle of the street uh -huh. shields up gear down everything at the ready so I'm standing with my photographer in between the protesters and the SWAT team. So here I am. Here's the lines. For some strange reason, the protesters decided to charge. And here they come. Now, we're a sandwich. We're going to pop my mic. Right. We're a no, sandwich. <laughs> we get squashed. And, I'm, and now here are bricks and rocks and shit from the street <laughs> pub caps flying right. <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself you know charles you real you and your photographer could be in serious trouble right now like if you get hit in head with a brick it could kill you and right. that's all joking aside this is a very dangerous business because things happen like that yeah and that's exactly the way it happened well my photographer just was running around shooting video and i was taking tapes out of his camera and going into the live truck and basically just laying down all of this action, which I introed live. And I had several executive producers who were watching at the time. And 
city council members that were, that was their district. These were their constituents. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, you know, we were kind of like half asleep on the couch, you know, kind of watching the news. And the next thing, you know, we were sitting rigid in our chairs, watching Mm -hmm. what was going on in our city, a full-fledged riot between protesters who were upset that David Duke had the nerve to show his face in -hmm. a city like Cleveland, which is roughly 65% African-American. Right. So he's not really welcome there. But the Lithuanian village people didn't really know. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like one of these, it was a combination of many things that created this. So so do you, do you go into it? And I always kind of wondered this when I watched like the news or any reports, excuse me, reports or anything like that. But do you see it as like, wow, this would be a good story or this is, you know, this is, this is good action. This is good film. You know, my producers will love this. Or do you see it as like issues that you truly like care about? You know what I mean? It's both. It's both. I mean, and you know, we can pitch stories that are important to us and things Mm -hmm. we want to cover, but ultimately that it comes down to, you know, news managers deciding what stories they're going to cover. And many times they put you on stories that you don't want to do. And that's one of the reasons why I've left news. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still, I mean, there are still shops that are Mm -hmm. covering house fires Mm-hmm. There are still anchor teams that put all four anchors at the news desk at the end, and they do that. <laughs> it's, it's like, Jesus Christ Almighty, 1980 the called, they want their shit back. <laughs> and it has never, it has it's like never evolved. It's the same thing. You know, we still have the open, we come out to the anchors, we toss to the live shot, we go to weather, we toss back to the anchors, we go to yep. sports, we toss back to the anchors, we say bye bye, and it's over. And that format today is the mm-hmm. same format they had when they launched in the late sixties, early seventies. Now it's like, not changed. Well, well today though, like, I'll, I mean, and me and Sean talk about this a lot. It's like, yeah, there's, there's the morning news, the, the midday news, evening news, night news, wh- whatever you want to call it. But in 2022, it's like, you know, obviously there's always controversy with believing what's on the news. And now with, you know, the internet, with, you know, with all these social media outlets, with, you know, people going live, people like just us. like us, live on Facebook, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Do you think it's shifting from people actually getting legitimate information from a new source to just finding out their own information? What is a legitimate source? I mean, even now, we could say that both sides of the media aisle are complicit. You know, I mm-hmm. fortunately was working during COVID. I worked more during COVID. I mean, there were people who were losing their jobs left and Mm -hmm. right. And I was working more hours and more shows. Mm -hmm. So I mean, in a way, COVID was great for me financially. And from a social standpoint, I was reporting every single day on the hardships of humanity, people dying, people Mm -hmm. trying to get tested, you know, hospitals shut down, packed full, body bags being stacked in refrigerated trucks. Right. This is kind of like what we saw. And I'm glad that like my final year in news, in, Mm -hmm. in, in broadcast news was a story of this magnitude because it really showed humanity for what it is. It exposed Mm -hmm. a lot of people Mm -hmm. and um, it also exposed the media. And it had just, my contract was expiring anyway. And right. I kind of was like, I think I'm reaching the end of, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm up here. I'm full. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that these last few years, I want to do something else and spread my wings. I don't want to be chained to a desk. Yeah. I mean, I think what to that, do. right. Well, uh, yeah, that was, I've always had a problem with being told what to do because <laughs> I, you know, I've turned four television stations from last place to first place. Mm-hmm. So I don't really need anybody telling me what I can and can't accomplish. I know what I can do. I have a track mm-hmm. record of it. I've saved the rating sheets. I know, you know, why do you open your own um, like TV station? Might as well. You got oh, the experience, yeah. I'll, you got I'll, the knowledge, I'll just pull you got couple, the skills. I'll just pull a you know, couple hundred million out of my ass. Hey, we'll figure we'll, it we'll out. We'll open up the doors. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll hire you two clowns. It's the billions these days. Reporting from, I don't even know. Uh, you guys can, you guys can sit at the anchor desk. I'll hire you guys. You can talk about whatever you want. I mean, what's a couple of hundred million, right? That's yeah, chump change. Hey, as long as we can cut and dress how we want, hey, I'm okay with it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but see, and that's part of it. That's the nice part about being able to do something like this. That's mm-hmm. why I was so interested in doing it. When you spend 30 years being told to color inside the lines. Yeah. For somebody like me, that's very difficult. But to answer Sirach's direct question, we don't really know if the media is telling the truth anymore because everything is an angle. There's a yeah. bias. Yep. Depending on ownership, you know, and we don't need to mention any names. I mean, if no, you're smart and you have eyes and ears, you can watch and you can see who says and does what. Exactly. You know, and then you have all of the crap which is on the internet, which people take as gospel because some idiot has made a meme mm-hmm. and you could literally lie. It could be complete false information. You just make shit up and somebody people will, will start it. sharing that and go, oh, well, you know, it's on the internet. So it has to be true. <laughs> oh, my God. Grandma, get your ass off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> grandma, you know? I'll tell you something. Grandma is probably smarter than a lot of people because grandma's going to tell you the truth. She's lived through all this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, They're true. smart. So nice. that's why that's why that population is so difficult to sway. You, mm-hmm. you can't influence them. They're pretty they're pretty uh, savvy. You know, you don't live yeah. 60, 70, 80 years and, you know, and, and not learn anything. That is that is very true. Um, you know, and you, no, you go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. You, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. I was gonna say, you know, just to kind of revert back to, you know, like you saying you were, you know, washing dishes over at the restaurant and because we in, in the Ebor HCC campus, because that's actually that's actually where we went. That's where me and Sean met. You know, that's how we pretty much got this whole thing started. And you know, it, it, it's funny because you know they had a studio there that we were using and. As far as like the degree in like broadcasting, it was more, it was more based towards news and, and being an anchor and stuff like that. But you know, I, me personally, I, the, mean, I don't know. How the head of the, the, the head of the apartment. I don't know if you know her or not, but uh, uh, Narissa, Narissa? Lemison. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time husband. since I've been in school, you guys. So don't rub it. Yeah. In. No. Oh no no she's she's an anchor. No she's an anchor. She she's been anchor for uh, Channel Eight. Narissa Lemison. Her husband is Paul Lemison. He's the uh, helicopter. Currently, I mean, I I really don't yeah. watch news anymore. Yeah, you know, most uh, of the news I, don't think I get does. on my phone. Well, that's it. I mean, it's it really is dying, and you don't have to take my word for it. You know, mm-hmm. we can pull up a Nielsen rating sheet. When mm-hmm. I was when I graduated from college in '94, and I started working for Channel 44, mm-hmm. the main stations were pulling 13, 14 ratings. Mm-hmm. And those were great numbers. And then they, sh- they started dwindling. Mm-hmm. They went to 10, and then they went to eight, and then they went to five. And when they got to five, people started panicking because it was like, look, this is a precipitous drop. Well, now you have news directors doing backflips if they get a one. 
Wow. That yeah. is how much, what's the word I'm looking for? Bleed has, ha- has, has taken place because you, back in the days when local news was very popular and you would have a 60, 70 share and everybody would be watching at six o'clock, it's because there were only three television stations. There was no yeah. computer. There was no cell phone, smartphone. You didn't even have pagers back then. You mm-hmm. didn't even have cable back then. So your choices were NBC, CBS, ABC. That was yeah, it. Yeah, that was it. And then later, yeah. Fox came. And then cable came. Well, actually, cable came before Fox. But Fox, the point yeah. is, um, there are so many options now for news and entertainment. Right. This, this thing, you know, the, the TV, mm-hmm. just more people are watching than ever before, but they're not watching news. Right. Do you find more I success mean, in your doing your, your podcast? I mean, I'm, I, I know you enjoy it more. I, I can already tell than yeah. you did with doing, you know, the, the regular news anchor and stuff. And that was kind of like my question, because, you know, with there's no podcast class, you know what I mean? So we just had to, like, do the radio stuff and just right. figure the shit out on our own. And- right. And that's the great part of discovery, mm-hmm. Ciroc. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, where you really can spread. It's, it's what I call I love what I'm doing now because I, I get to create without limitations. Exactly. I was always very creative working in, you know, broadcast news. And there were stations that appreciated that Mm -hmm. in me and news directors who recognized that in me. So I thanked them for seeing something special, seeing Mm -hmm. my vision, seeing my talent. You know, my skill is really very visual, but I'm also really edgy. Right. And I would push the envelope. I'm okay. Let me, you want me to tell you the first promo that I ever wrote? Now, (laughs) this would have flown. In the early 90s, if I did that now, people huh. would lose <laughs> their shit and mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Charles said that. I was so irresponsible because everybody <laughs> is so pious. Yeah, you know, thinks oh they're, they're all better than everybody. Your eyes you know, it's, your e- it's easy to look down on everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. say it's easy to talk shit when you're standing on the sideline oh, and yeah. you don't actually have any skin in the game. But here was the story. Uh, a teenage boy went into South St. Petersburg to buy a bag of reefer mm-hmm. and something happened and it was a bad exchange and he wound up getting shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the promo, which are, you know, 10 second promos. Yep. It was, he went to buy a bag. He wound up in a bag tonight, 44 <laughs> news at 10. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not funny what happened, but it's just, that caught my attention. That would you know not, I mean? yeah. There's no way that would fly now. But yes, no. you're right. You're absolutely right. Back in the 90s, back when you know I was growing up, whatever, that would definitely have been a normal promo. Yeah. Back then. And, and, and there's no I'm lie, though. Sure there's no people lie there. are listening to your podcast now who are appalled oh, yeah. that I would even utter such words. But Trust that's me. just the whole problem. It's kind of like, where did we get to the point in society where people aren't allowed to say, you know, what they want and do what they want. I mean, everybody is always butthurt about everything. Oh, yeah. Trust it's me. It's just gone to be ridiculous. Everybody shut up. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. And, you know, there are consequences for that. Mm-hmm. You just so, roll the so, dice and see what but, happens. But, but you don't put a muzzle on people. There are consequences. So that, that, but, but when you have your own platform like you do, it's, 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 it's kind of, you know, it's not as strict. And the reason I say that, so I used to intern for a little bit for, um, for the for bubble love sponge it was through the hcc program and like i am so glad i did that now you don't i know a lot of people aren't a fan of him per se and whatever he's a shock jock but i learned so much you know it's like you can i mean you can't say 
everything you want. I mean, you can't say offensive stuff, but it's just like having that. Well, control. but you know something, but but he did. Mm-hmm. And so does Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Howard Stern was able to figure it out mm-hmm. that being edgy, being mm-hmm. provocative, being mm-hmm. sensational gets mm-hmm. eyes and it gets ears. It gets attention. Whether yeah. you agree with it or not, I don't give a shit whether you mm-hmm. like it or not. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. So you can either use that as a weapon or you can not use it as a weapon. Yeah. And it's more and when real. I say use it as a weapon, I mean yeah. a, a weapon to propel your business, to propel your brand. Uh-huh. You have to be a magician to keep somebody's attention more than two seconds nowadays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if it calls I mean, for, you know, doing some crazy shit so that you can get noticed, mm-hmm. you got to do it. You want to know why? Because if you don't do it, if you're all pious or holier than thou or think you're above it, there'll be 50 people behind you who will do it. Yeah. And oh, they oh, will steal yeah. your thunder and they will take your cash. Yep. Because that's what you yep. give up when you play it safe. Without risk, there is no reward. That's true. That is 100% true. true. Not risk so at all. <laughs> that that kind of brings me to, to the point of, you know, what made you just decide, you know what, this is my last season. I am done. I am just completely done. Just 30 years of, you know, look, at seven o'clock, you guys are probably going out with your girlfriends or wives or whatever mm-hmm. to dinner, to a movie, to a concert, to a lightning game, to a Bucks game, to a party, to, you know, to some event. Right. I was at work getting ready for a, a newscast. Mm-hmm. I, you can't take any vacation during sweeps months. So four months out of the year, no vacation. Which, which months are, are those usually? It's sweeps months. It would be February, May, July, and November. Okay. So oh, you're wow. not allowed to take any. The, my the sister got months. married in July. I wasn't able to go to my sister's wedding because it was a sweeps month. And that was my very first lesson in news. Oh, so like, yeah. Get, get wow. used to the sacrifice and I've really given my youth mm-hmm. 30 years of my life. I gave to an industry that would slit my throat. Yep. And not even think twice about it. You, 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 you could, yeah. You could die and you'd be replaced. Within a week. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't mean to like, you know, just target that one business because business is business. Right. You know, exactly. if a CEO yeah. dies, they're going to replace him too. Right. Everybody is, you know, expendable, but there just seems to be more turnover at that level. And it's just, I was just done with it. I, I'm tired of the, you know, they're, they're paying people less. So people who really need to make money, like, you know, men, they've kind of like, you know, they're the head of household more or less. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't pay a man $17,000 when he's got a wife and a kid at home. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's what no. they're paying these kids in these small markets, you know, market 200 market 150. They start them out at, oh. you know, 18, 19, 20, 25,000. I started oh, at 17, uh, five as a weekend anchor. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you're not ours. even motivated not to country, work. But let's see. So we have a couple of people from our class who went on. Uh, uh, I won't mention the actual stations they work for, but it goes to what you said. Uh, back in the time, uh, one of our friends is picked up as a producer. That's yeah, a, easily at least a thirty thousand dollar job. But he got hired for basically minimum wage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another way of ours doesn't want he, TV doesn't want to pay anymore. You know, they, uh, the reason why they've gotten rid of all of the veteran anchors is because the veteran anchors were making three, three fifty, four hundred thousand yeah. in a city that like Tampa. <laughs> That's where all the money is. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but they don't, but not anymore because they can chop the heads off of all of those anchors mm-hmm. and they can save that money 
and they can pay somebody right out of college, you know, a pretty young thing or a handsome young guy, they can put them up there and they'll work for $70,000, a year. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. unheard of as an anchor in the industry. I mean, never in a million years would I have taken money like that. I would have told them to stick it up their ass. Exactly. But now, now, nowadays, now you, that's, YouTube, that is baby. the only, that's it. It's a take it or leave it thing. Yeah. So, you know, now that wasn't my case. I mean, I, I'm a 30 year veteran and I was a main anchor, you know, at a station. So, I mean, I did very well, but you know, there are it's nothing to say that, you know, somebody could have their head chopped off next, you know, yeah. I was, um, I was telling Sean, like, you know, I think the shift and I've been saying this for years, you know, it's, like it's like it's what we do now it's it, it's youtube it's facebook it's you you are your own station at this point in time you know what i mean and you can make i mean if you are entertaining if you are giving legitimate information and you're personable and people like you you got the money you gotta make the money regardless it's, it's yeah. just like being good at a sport like it doesn't matter where you at if you got the talent somebody's gonna freaking find you or you're gonna find a way to to, to take advantage of it and you know and with this new digital age you're, you're kind of seeing like the people are getting weeded out that will always got a handout versus, you know, the people who, who are self-made like yourself, right? You can just start a podcast. Boom. You're going to have a following regardless. doesn't matter what well, you do. And, and let me say, this is one of the lessons. See, I'm Gen X. Mm -hmm. um, we had to, as a generation, we had to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. analog and digital. We weren't raised with computers. I had a typing class in high school. There were no computers. <laughs> yeah. But as I got into college, it started to roll over. So we really had to do the work of figuring oh. out this new technology, whereas your generation was really born into it. But I'll tell mm -hmm. you what I have. And millennials get a bad rap all the time. But I will tell you what millennials taught me. And this answers your question that you asked me first. You know, it was like, what was the, what was the final straw? What was it? Mm -hmm. um, millennials taught Gen X how to say no. Yeah. Because Gen X would never say no. They could have told me my first job, uh, Charles, you're not reporting today. You're going to clean the toilets. And I'd go, okay. All right. Because no it was, was what we did as a generation. We didn't whine. We didn't complain. It was just nose to the grindstone because that's what we knew. Millennials were raised very differently. Mm -hmm. And they have figured out a way to stick it in a corporation's ass because all you hit, don't take my word for it. Google hiring millennials. Just Google that. <laughs> Lazy piece of shit don't want to work. Well, it's not that. It's, and it's really not that. So, you know, that's kind of like what it can be misconstrued as that. Right. But millennials aren't necessarily lazy. They just see the bigger picture. They're like, I'm not going to work like a dog and give my life to a corporation. I don't have to. I'm going to do it in a different way. And you right. guys are, this is an example of it. You're doing it right now. You found a different way. You're not working for anybody else. You're working no. for yourself. You figured out, oh, I don't have to get one paycheck from one place mm -hmm. like I did as a generation, like boomers did. Boomers worked for a company for 35 years so they could get a pension yeah. and kick back with their social security. That shit doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Millennials are smart enough to know that. So they I have figured out ways to make money in multiple places. Mm -hmm. So you have a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit, all in the pot. That can equal the one paycheck from corporate America. And that's the yeah. thing that millennials were smart enough to figure out. Yeah. So I thank them for that because I have two producers 
for my podcast who are millennials and they are as sharp as tax. <clears throat> and yeah. I thank God for their skills every day. You it, guys it, have the same skills. And it's funny you say well, that. See, that's, the, that's the thing though, because he, my co-host, he's a millennial and I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> Literally, right. I'm, well, I'm 89. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. year? So, so what year, Sean? 80, literally 80. Oh, so you are Gen X. You made it by the skin yeah. of your teeth. Barely. Barely. So, but so I, but, how old are but you? I do learn. 89, so 32. From my co-host. Okay, so you could almost be a Zennial, but he's definitely a millennial. But he's oh, an yeah. early millennial. Yeah. Because there I was that tattoo. space in between like 88 and 80. They called mm-hmm. that Zennials. Okay. <laughs> we just no, confused, it's a real we just, thing. We just confused Butch. Like, I don't know. Anything. That's the truth because <laughs> no. Gen X only had normally a generation is 20 years. Gen X only got 15, 1965 mm-hmm. to 1980. Mm-hmm. Well, that really is not a long enough. That's a very small generation. Mm-hmm. So they added a couple of years in between what they would consider millennials who came of age in the year 2000. What's so that the- little area in between 81 and 88, they call them Zennials. It's and a cross between Gen X, Gen X, and Millennials. That's what's a true new thing. One it's a real thing. What, what's the most recent one? Gen well, Z, right? Now, now the new one is called Alpha. Gen, Gen Alpha. Alpha. Jesus but Christ. Before, so we started but back before over Alpha, now. it was Gen Z. <laughs> so in order, it goes greatest generation, silent generation, boomers, Gen X, Millennials. Uh, I said Millennials. And then uh, Gen Y. What? That's kind of like what they called the later millennials okay. and then gen z and now the new generation is called uh gen alpha jesus can't keep up with all these generations yeah well like, it you means you're I getting mean? old yeah i was like wait what are you <laughs> oh man no but you're you're right um you know a whole about the uh you know choosing uh to work you know for yourself um and the reason i say that is because when covid happened um, and everybody was losing their jobs or, you know, the market was crashing, wh- whatever it may be. And I remember my dad was telling me, cause he was planning to retire. Uh, he was like 64, 65, whatever. He's been at the same company for 30 plus years, treated him well, always been good. And a lot of the retirement, I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, is like tied up in whatever markets and stuff like that. And when things went South, it's just like you, it's like watching every, your investments just tank and every in the 30 years of work you put in is, you know, you're putting all this faith in, in your company to send you off right into the sunset. And then something happens. It's just like, oh, well, we got to let you go or, you know, we're, we're cutting back. And it's just like, I, you know, just thinking about that, I would be livid. You know, I see why people bring and there's come nothing shoot up their jobs. About it. And <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, nothing you can do, do about you it. They come no to you and they machine. say, hey, guess what? Pension folded. You're yeah. not getting a pension. And there are people who counted on that pension. Yep. They tried to do that to my dad. My dad worked for one company for almost his entire life. Mm-hmm. He ran the plant. He used to pick up the owner of the corporation at the airport and drive him around. Good friends. He needed anything. He'd call my dad in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. There was a problem. They'd call my dad in the middle of the night. Right before my dad was ready to retire with his full pension, suddenly my dad was a problem. Yeah. Yep. Bull shit. And it's that's it's, what that was. Yeah. That was yeah, called yeah, being stabbed in the back. And that's what corporations will do. They don't care because the bottom line is money. Exactly. And, and once I and, and my dad beat that into my head because he'd always say, you know, I'd say, Dad, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna turn the place upside down. I'm gonna give 200 percent My dad would go, No, 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 no. Listen to your dad. Mm-hmm. Only give him 80 percent 
and keep 20 for yourself. And I go, no, dad, I, you know, I, you know how I am, dad. I have to give 100, 150%. I'm going to crush that bitch. And he goes, no, you're only going to give 80% and you're <laughs> going to keep 20 for yourself. And I go, dad, what the hell does that mean, dad? Keep 20%, keep 20% of what? What does that mean? Now I know what it means. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't, they trust me, they give you yeah. 0.5% of effort. I'm giving some of the same, you know, advice to my kids, especially my son. He's not sure what he wants to do. You know, I'm like, look, you're not trying to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life just for the next couple of years. And then go right. from there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and don't you think there's too much pressure on young people anyway to make a decision? You literally oh, come out of mommy and God, daddy's yes. basement at 18 years old and you're supposed to know what you want to do with the rest of your life? No. There should be, there should be a mandatory mm -hmm. time when you leave your parents' home and get out into the world and go do something so that you can have your electricity turned off. Yep. Uh, you can have your car smashed in or stolen. You can mm -hmm. lose your wallet a couple of times. Because this is, and have to replace all of your important papers, your driver's license, social security card, because this is, this is where you cut your teeth. This is where yeah. you learn the real world life, the real game. And once you're out there and you're exposed to things, you might see something that you never knew existed when your mm -hmm. view was only in mommy and daddy's basement. Mm -hmm. And it could completely change the way you see the world and where you live, like in your heart. Kids need to go out and experience life and then maybe at 25, make a decision and go to school. Yeah. Not every kid knows what they want to do. And Especially I think it's 17. unfair pressure. It, no. it is. How, how could you? 17, you still have placenta dripping from your ears. Hell, try, try having a parent <laughs> that's an immigrant. Yeah. Try telling one of them that, you know, all they know is save money, <laughs> save money engineer, doctor, lawyer. That's it. Anything else is a failure and you get disowned. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you are, and you know something and great for them. Mm -hmm. If that's what that they're into, but not everybody has to follow that path. And exactly. I think it's unfair to a lot of young people when they are forced into making a decision at 18, 19 years old about their major. Mm -hmm. You don't know enough. How can you possibly decide what you want to do with the remainder of your life <laughs> yeah. when you have seen nothing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it should be trial and error. Exactly. I remember I um I remember just off topic a little bit when um I had a scholarship to run track. This is up in Michigan. And I remember like I didn't know what I wanted to do, obviously. And all my buddies on my team, you know, everybody was like, if you're an athlete, you just went into sports management. And I had I did not give a damn about sports management, but it was just like, I gotta choose something. Let me just do this. And you know, and it's when it's something you're not sure of, you don't or you don't want to do, the effort is Right. very low you know yeah. right. I mean, and you're paying for that exactly and i'm still paying, paying it back you're paying for the luxury <laughs> yeah, still, that, and i'm, using I'm still paying it back in a very yeah. sarcastic way so let me ask you before i get on because i actually want to talk about your, your current show but before i get on to that uh what is uh what do you think your worst news story was out of all because i mean you've done thousands and thousands of news stories oh so my god like when you say story. worst you mean like that was the most desperate just like just war, your objectively 9 11 just, or are you talking fuck. about just a bad, okay okay just a bad story just a bad story there we go <sighs> you know here's this you're probably not going to like this answer but i <laughs> always found 
I always <laughs> warning, found warning, that people, the, warning. <laughs> the bullshit stories that they would put me on were some of my favorites. When uh, I was in Miami, somebody found somebody had caught a sand shark ooh. and decided that they were going to drag it on to the metro rail in downtown Miami. And with a hook through its mouth, <laughs> it's still alive, gasping for air. And people are outraged and they take a picture of it and they send it to the station. They go, Charles, go out there. You're going to cover the shark and find the shark and find the people who did it and go talk and get witnesses and talk to the police and blah, blah, blah. And you I was like, that. oh, for Christ's wow. sake. Are you Sherlock Holmes? I'm going to look for a shark on the goddamn Metro rail. <laughs> Excuse me, you guys seen a guy holding a shark walking by here? Right, exactly. You know, so, well, but you know something? I found it. I found the shark. It was laying in the street in Little Havana. They had tried to sell it to a restaurant, seafood restaurant, and Mm -hmm. you don't eat sand shark. And you wouldn't buy it like that anyway. You buy it from a, you know, an established, respectable source, you know, Mm -hmm. licensed uh, and you know that it's fresh and isn't going to kill your customers. You don't buy a shark that somebody's dragged up Seventh Avenue or a Cayocho. <laughs> and um, it wound up being a really great story. So on its face, it sounds completely stupid. Mm-hmm. But when I actually found the shark and we saw how outraged people were, th- that is kind of like they send me to these stories that were completely ridiculous, but then they actually turned into great storytelling moments yeah and i'm telling you that shark story got a lot of play tons of play and that's how that's how it is now it's like you know you 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 go on the news and it'll be like oh gas prices are going on us boring they'd be like man eats bath sauce you're like oh shit we gotta you know we gotta hear about this story (laughs) okay well if that's the case i'll tell you these the the story that went the the most viral in my career was Mm -hmm. the girl with three tits Jasmine Tridevil, <laughs> you guys know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I would. Yeah. I am the only person, the only journalist on the planet to get an interview mm-hmm. out of her. Oh no my, I way! Watch that. I, I, watch that. I well, you could got a computer in front it. of you. Yeah, Google perv p e r v like pervert perv uh-huh. anchor asked to see them again. Uh, I was the no. cover of TMZ the morning after that story aired and they all told me they were like oh this isn't a story and i was like you people are nuts oh it's like uh safe search <laughs> what's safe search you know like if it's yeah it, no. it, it, <laughs> it's a new google is update i don't know <laughs> oh i don't know what that means Let's see. No, anyway it's, you'll it's, find it's, the article terrible. Um, i keep looking for it um what's it gonna say oh. Well, put I'll in Jasmine, put, put in Perv Anchor, uh, Jasmine Tri Devil, Tampa. TMZ. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing you need to put in is TMZ. Perv Anchor asked to see them again. TMZ. Isn't it, isn't it funny? You how- were on TMZ. TMZ. I mean, you, I mean you've been TMZ. on Fox, you've been on CNN, CNN. So I guess you're going to Letterman, get them, get them all. Show, oh, Jimmy yeah, Fallon, uh, all of it. <laughs> and it's not me, it's my crazy ass stories. Yeah. That is. they pick up, Person like the up. grandma at Disney World who was thrown, who was cuffed and stuffed into a cruiser for having CDB in her purse. <laughs> I'm watching it now. I would show it, but we get kicked off Facebook. <laughs> 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 uh, this is great. Oh man, so, she looks happy to do it too. Oh yeah, she had a big old smile on her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, TM, how TMZ is proud. like. 
Yeah, more Ooh, reputable wow. than like major news stations. Hey, listen, you know, if people can people can make fun of that and they have. They'll be like, oh, yeah, real credible journalism, Charles. You wind up on the cover of TMZ and I go, well, you're not on the cover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hell, I remember yeah. when. What have you done? I, yeah. I remember when um, I hate to say this because he's my favorite player, but when Kobe Bryant died, TMZ was the first to report. And it was true, you know, and then all and then all the other news outlets kind of caught up. But it's just like, you know, well, they, TMZ kind of like made their name for themselves when they announced that Michael Jackson died. Yeah, because yeah. when we found out when that crossed the wires, it was TMZ that was reporting it. And they were like, Charles, Mike up. Michael Jackson's dead. I said, I go, I'm not reporting that. Mm-hmm. I said, who's TMZ? That's not a credible source. Now, remember yeah. how far back we're talking. Yeah. Yep. But they were right. And they were right about the death of Whitney Houston. And they were right about, you know, the situation. Who is the other one that they broke the news of? Can't remember now. But they have earned the reputation of being a source of record. Yeah. You can attribute things to them because they've been right almost every time. And I think people fear it because it's always like shocking news, but as if they, they, as if like shocking news doesn't exist, like crazy but things see, happen. I mean, <laughs> if there I mean, wasn't anybody eating this, if there wasn't anybody consuming it, they wouldn't be putting it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their, their biggest, the biggest thing that a lot of people have against them is, oh, they pay for stories. Well, technically, they're always paying for stories. The, the news people, they're who not cares paying if you pay for stories? You get the story. It's store. Yeah, exactly. who, it, who cares if you pay for the story? You got the story. That is, you exactly. know, here's and this is what I'm talking. Here's all the old bullshit rules. Oh, we ha- we have to operate in this parameter, and if you step outside, then you're really not a journalist, and it's not. Yeah. Who said who? Who the fuck are you? Shut Nobody. up! Sit down. Take Nobody. several seats. Exactly. I don't want to hear from you. You're a fucking dinosaur. I smell <laughs> extinction. Park it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's you guys it's, can see I'm no, shy. With no, my you're fine. It's, it's, it's more jealousy. Yeah, it's like you know, truth hurts sometimes, and you know, it's reporting is re- reporting, and it, it, it's so funny. It's like when we were in school, you know, they, they teach you the what I guess should be taught. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. You should always have this. This is this, this. In my head, I'm just like, well, just talk to the person, get the info that you know you need. Don't bullshit. Be honest, and like, who cares if who if they like it or not? It's the truth. It's the truth. Hell, I think that's why you know with and i'm not a huge fan of uh i'm not a, well not really a fan at all but with the the past election you know it's 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 the same same type of deal you know you either like somebody for telling the truth or you hate somebody for telling the truth it is, it is what it is but it's better than being you know jerked around or, or lied to or you know and so on and so forth so it's it's hey if, if money gets the truth out of you then hey money talk oh, dude i'd tell the truth <laughs> for free Well, I mean, look, I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, whether you like it or not, money makes the world go round and there's a lot of competition out there. Mm -hmm. So you can take the high road Mm -hmm. and see if it gets you anywhere. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of like seen where the high road gets you. It doesn't really get you anywhere. You know, you fight a bully in the gutter. You get down at his level. You know, I love Michelle Obama, but she was wrong. Mm-hmm. When they go low, we don't go high. We saw how that worked out. Yeah. When yeah. they go low, we go lower. We go lower. That's how you fight a bully. That's how yeah. you fight a bully. You don't go high with a bully. You, you uh, pop him in the you you pop him in the mouth. It's a it's a great which, quote. Which, it was uh, this uh, this which, cartoon I used to watch when I was a kid, Rocket Power, and there was one episode, 
where it was, it was a situation with a bully that did something and he and he was talking to his son i think his name was auto he was like auto now you know what we say we don't get mad he said yeah we get even we don't get mad we get even yeah <laughs> and that's how it is truthfully truthfully yeah. you know I mean, and, was, and, and you so, can you can romanticize life all you want. <laughs> you can romanticize life all you want, mm-hmm. but there's something called reality. Yeah, and yeah. romanticism isn't ro- isn't reality. No, reality is smashing your face, which brings me to Charles Belay Unleashed. Yes. So, oh, this Unleashed. is your this is your current podcast. This is where you get to say what you want, how you want, when you want. And you're not just doing it as a podcast, though. That's that's the thing. Let's kind of take that. You're doing it as a you're carrying it as a reporter still. You're doing you're going out on the scenes. You're you're you almost have a I mean, not a camera crew, but you have your camera with you. You know, you're out there reporting what's out there, not just sitting at a desk and doing a podcast. So how what how did that come about? What made you want to do it this way? It really I had no no I I had never listened to a podcast really before all this started because it's just, it's not, it's not part of my world. You know, I'm a big reader. I do a lot of reading. Um, And if I'm in the car, I know a lot of people like to listen to podcasts in the car while I'm a music guy and that's my escape. I don't want to listen to anybody talking. I do that (laughs) all day long. You know, I heard it all day long. I just want to listen to music. So it wasn't part of my world. And when I left, uh, I was uh, approached by two very young, very visionary uh, guys who are from outside the Chicago area. They both worked in that that area and that those markets. Uh-huh. And they wanted to start a new life. And they kind of like discovered me, uh, saw some stuff that I had done online, liked my edge which uh-huh. is what I've always been told and um, contacted me and the rest is history. They wanted to do the podcast and they said, you know, Charles, we can sell you. You've got a huge name recognition. We've, you've got a Google, great high Google score. I didn't even know what that meant. It exists. And um, so, you know, it was kind of like they said we wanted to do it, but I told them, I said, look, I don't want to do radio in the new millennium. Mm-hmm. I said, I, there has to be a visual component because that's yeah. really where my, that's really where my talent is. I want people to watch and be entertained. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I take the camera out and we do something called the three minute road show where I take my crew or my camera to mm-hmm. someplace where you can drive within, you know, well, anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And we put a, a piece together in three minutes and we give you a little flavor of something that many people didn't know exists. The very first one we did mm-hmm. was Casadega which is the largest spiritualist community in the world. And it's just north of Orlando. I pitched that story when I was working in Orlando and the management told me, oh, it's it's not a story. Everybody knows what it is. I was like, really? Well, I'm from Florida and I've never heard of Casadega. Yeah. And I started asking around and nobody in Tampa had heard of it. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I was kind of like, you people are nuts as usual. You don't know what's going on. You yeah. think you do, but you don't. Because I found out that a lot of people didn't know about Casadega. Even the people at Casadega, they go, oh, we market all of this. I was like, no, you don't. Uh-huh. Because nobody knows. And um, they now they do have visitors. They do have a marketing scheme, but I think that it could have been bigger. And that's one of the things that we wanted to do for them was mm-hmm. to get the name Casadega even further mm-hmm. than what their marketing uh 
platform was currently doing, who right. they were reaching. We, 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 we knew that we could reach a larger, broader audience. And it was fascinating. So, I mean, it was great. We went on the evening of, uh, on Friday evenings, they have what's called the paranormal tour. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's, it's creepy. It's dark and um, you know, you know <laughs> like, oh, things things go still being haunted night. today. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was it was great fun, and it was the highlight of the first podcast because I received so many emails from people who were like, "Charles, I had no idea, and where do I find it?" And it was kind of like Google. Yeah, you check my Google score. <laughs> Google. <laughs> um, so Charles, I had a, I had a question. This this is more for me and Sean too. So what? So so we've been doing a podcast for a while now, and I, I know. You need to be consistent. You know, you need to have certain things. What was like the, the the hardest to transition from being, you know, an actual new studio with, you know, a, a staff of however many people, cameras, you don't, you know, you just had to be there, do your reports to doing it to where like, it's kind of just you and producers, like, cause we struggle, we do all this ourselves. And like, yeah. I, and having a third person or fourth to do social media, whatever would be amazing. Like, what did you find to be the biggest like struggle in between the two to be perfectly honest i didn't find it a struggle at all i found it i found it freeing okay because i didn't have to clear anything with a news manager i didn't have to pitch a story and wonder whether they thought that my was- elements were you know appropriate or if it was balanced mm-hmm. there's you know and there's nothing wrong i'm not saying i don't want a story that's balanced but i don't want to have to do a story that needs balance why mm-hmm. can't i just do a story for story's sake Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there if there's a there's a place that we're going to get we're going to go do, it's called the Wonder House. It's out in Bartow and it was built over several years. So it's all just totally discombobulated, you know, all these pieces <laughs> put together and there, you know, you can go in there and you can tour this really bizarre house. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of the Wonder House, but I learned about it through a podcast through one of my three three minute road shows because somebody said, oh, Charles, you should go and do this. Mm-hmm. So it opened, it opened so many doors for me. I, I found it a pleasure and it's never, I never find it taxing okay. to create. Okay. There's no gun to my head. I don't have to follow uh, rules. I make the rules. You make your own rules for your right. own podcast. Nobody right. tells you what to do. If you had worked like at my level for 30 years and you had to constantly jump through hoops. Mm-hmm you would understand how freeing what you're doing actually is. Right. And you're right. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's definitely really important. And, you know, it's so funny. I'm sure you love this and I love this as well. When, when people come up to you and you tell me you have podcasts, or maybe they find out, they say, Hey, Charles, or Hey, Shauna Sarag, what do you talk about? And I say, whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, they always, everybody want. always says, what's your podcast about? And I think to myself, wow, what finite thinking. Yeah, like I don't know. You know, it's kind of like that. Once again, putting things inside of a box, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we talk about everything. I mean, the last podcast we talked about falling iguanas and crypto. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's it's frozen iguanas and crypto. It's it's crazy, and it's like people. And I always ask when people ask me, like you know, what's the hardest part? And I would I would usually say I say this every time I say the hardest part is, you know not t- trying to shut it down under two hours or three hours something like that it's because <laughs> we could go on for hours and hours and hours and hours that's the hard part that's about it yeah well yeah that that is the hard part you know and you and you have to kind of like you have to have a map you have to know where you're starting you have mm-hmm. to know the path you're going to take and you have to know where your ending point is 
Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to wrap it up in a nice little bow and say, and on that note, and that's yeah. kind of like, and, and that's the great part of it because you don't have to fill a certain time slot. If my podcast is 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. Right. If it's 20, it's 20. If it's 30, it's 30. But we try and keep it. We, we, we have always kept it under 30 minutes because people have a very short attention span. Yeah. Yep. See, I noticed that too. It's, it's the worst when you have like a good show but it doesn't get good to the end or something like that. And, but yeah. you know, and you're like, you gotta listen to the end part. Um, so like what, you know, as far as like goals. So let like, me ask you a question then. Go okay. Ahead. So let me put you to the test. Okay. So you have a podcast Correct. that is, you know, okay. In the beginning, yeah. but it's really great at the end. Okay. What do you do? Flip it, edit it, put the end first right. and then put you, you cut it where mm-hmm. it starts getting good and you move it to the front. Mm-hmm. And you let them get hooked. And then you come back out and say, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Where do you hear where this bitch went next? Tune in next week. <laughs> no, keep watching. Yeah. Because we're going to go back to it. You know, there's kind of like a rule in news. Mm-hmm. If you've got a really great piece of video, you show it once, you show it twice, you show it three times. Mm-hmm. When you are scrolling through your news feed and there's some crazy ass video that you see, do you watch it once? No, I watched about three times. Right. Just in case I missed anything. Wait, wait a minute. Right. What did he, what did he say? <laughs> and trying to, trying to tell this to news managers who are ah, these dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, they, they can't fathom this shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I, they look at me like I dropped out of a spaceship. Yeah. It's like, but that's what you do when you watch your phone. It, exactly. What you get. Exactly. Like, yeah. can't it's tell the algorithm. have all the answers. You know, Jeez. as that as that solid one rating indicates. That's yeah. that's 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 insane, man. And like, and Charles, we're happy for you, man. Like, I want to. I mean, I don't know what your 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 schedule oh. is coming up, but man, we'd love to come on your show, maybe, and you know, absolutely, give, give yeah, you a good I mean, fifteen minutes of just straight anarchy. <laughs> but we can all we can you can tell all that's what we are anarchy. You know, and, and you know, really, I mean, the, the, the you know, I wasn't exactly sure how the news, the podcast was going to take shape. And I mm-hmm. created a format and I wanted it fast. And, you know, there was a three minute time limit on each subject because I, I wanted it to roll. I mean, we throw the kitchen sink at you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's been so successful. And because it's, it's always been what people have told me, even when I was in broadcasting, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, people would come up to me in the street and say, Charles, my wife and I watch you every night at 10 o'clock. I she'll be finishing the dishes and say, Hey honey, it's 10 o'clock. Come on in here. We have isn't to see the what greatest Charles feeling is ever. say tonight. But is that because I a- was so unpredictable and that's what my podcast is. It's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But don't you, don't you love that feeling though? Like when people you don't even know, will reach out to you and just, you know, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You're killing the game. Dude, I, I, I love it. I'll be at work. And I, I mean, I work at a bar. Go figure. My name's Sirach. But anyway, um, I'll be at a bar. And like, you know, I'll, I'll have, I mean, they're usually like friends or people I kind of know. But, oh, man, dude, I like the show last week. And in my head, I'm like, damn, I didn't even know you listened. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. That, that is really interesting when people come up and, and you find out who is listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't know. You, you see the numbers. You know they're listening, but you don't know who. But you don't know who's listening. Yeah. And then somebody will reach out, or somebody will say, "Oh, hey, Charles, I caught that last podcast. I thought that was, you know, a typical smartass answer that you had. <laughs> you know, it's like that's why they watch. You know, and it's so freeing not to have to worry about being pulled into an office because I you said something. I say something that might be a bit edgy. Yep. 
you know, yep. because yeah. really newsrooms are run by pilgrims. Exactly. You know what I say? They're the run only, by pilgrims because the they're only... so they're so worried about what everybody thinks. Instead mm-hmm. of taking risks, they play it safe, and safe uh, safe doesn't win. The only um, safe never wins. Yeah. Safe never Big, wins. No, no. And That's I try true. to tell my biggest critic that, which is I'm sure you can guess. So we had on one of our first interviews, we had um this guy uh Forrest. He's like he's a musician. This was like during COVID, and you know we asked some questions about how he's adjusting to not being able to be out and about. And we, I don't know what we were talking about at the beginning, but it, you know a couple of f words here and there, which you know I don't care. But I kid you not, a week later I get a phone call, and guess who's calling? It's mom on the phone. Hey, Sirak, I listened to your. She doesn't even listen, but she listened to this one episode. It's like, yeah, whoever you had on there was saying f this or f that. He needs to wash his mouth off with soap. But it's just, <laughs> that's that's my only critic. Everybody else. And you know what mouth. you should have said, what? which is what I always say to people who, maybe five times in my career, I had mm-hmm. somebody reach out and say something negative. Mm-hmm. either with a voicemail or an email or a letter. And in the age of um, being online, like on Facebook, uh-huh. whenever anybody would say anything to me about, uh, you think you're that, or you're an arrogant ass, or, you know, who do you think you are? It's like, you, you know, you're, you're, you look like a clown, your clothes are bleh. I always used to write one line. Thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the last time they wrote back. <laughs> You haven't been above. <laughs> Thank you. Like you were watching me, no. and then you, you took it. all of the time necessary to look me up. That's that is so, very true. Yeah. That is very true. I, I mean, I, I so always I mean, used to. I had a saying about listen, that. All you guys will see is this, like just my shirt, and it. I would just go to school. <laughs> so, oh. so before we move on, before we move on to uh, what the floor, because I know Charles got things he got to do, and so do we. Uh, just want to say the it. first time that we that I knew that we had a. Uh, uh that people were actually listening to our show was actually when we were still doing it in school and mm. we went to the broken egg cafe over there in south tampa and it was right after the uh heart walk and uh it was me and some other people were sitting there and some another student younger student came up and said oh i recognize your voice you <laughs> do that show on on the hcc i was like what show is that the weekly review i said yeah, yeah i mean it's right we do that show she's like you guys are so great we listen to every time you guys come on. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I told Ciroc, and he was just as shocked as I was that people. Well, you shouldn't us. be in shock. You <laughs> shouldn't be in shock because people are looking for material. They're, mm-hmm. they're attracted to certain things and certain people. And whatever you guys are doing is clearly working for you. So when that happens, you keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And whenever anybody tells you anything, make sure that you are humble. You say, thank you so much for watching. And may I ask. Mm-hmm. What is it that you like about my work or what is it that you like about our podcast? Right. Because right. here's the bottom line for both of you. Here's the lesson. And you know this, but for anybody who is watching, for anybody who is thinking about going into any form of communication, the viewer is life and death to you, baby. Yeah. Don't ever forget that because they have a choice. They can either watch you or they can turn you off. Yep. You want them to watch you. And if that means you get them, it doesn't matter how you do it. You can be incredibly cerebral. You can be incredibly introspective. You can be a complete idiot, mm-hmm. but figure it out because no way is the wrong way. Right. This is the real world and you got to compete. Exactly. So you grab the bull by the horns. Don't let anybody dissuade you 
or tell you that you're doing something the wrong way. When you follow your heart and you do what you believe in, you're going to win, you're going to succeed. And that's kind of like been my secret to success. I've never let anybody try to define me. And when they tried, they heard about it. You know, I, it's a definite <laughs> clapback for me. Okay. I like that. Sorry, that kind of, I had a question about that, but I, that kind of answers that, you know, the generic, well, what, what advice would you give? You know, <laughs> that type of deal. But no, the advice is to do what, what you want to do. Don't yeah. be afraid of anything because they're they're Like I said before, it's always the, it's always the idiots who are standing over on the sidelines somewhere over there mm -hmm. who have no skin in the game, but it's amazing how much they know about your business. <laughs> Armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> They're Absolutely. Just, they all know the answer. So I always say, yes. Yeah, so um, how many people are watching your podcast? Now, if you're talking to Joe Rogan, what that's one thing. You can say, well, ah, okay. <laughs> but, but most people who are going to critique a local podcast don't have their own. They probably don't have their own. And it's very easy to to knock people down to make yourself feel yeah. better. That is a bit that's huge in our industry. And, and usually most podcasters usually help out other podcasters. It's never, I mean, it's yeah. competitive, but you're never like downing another person's podcast because they know the effort it takes to go into it. Absolutely. So. And why would you, why yeah. would you, why would you go to a party and shit in the punch bowl? Oh, right. Disgusting. Right. So I bring my own beer. Lift you up. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> but speaking of shitting, shitting in the punch bowl though, we're going to go ahead and move on to what the Florida. Oh Yeah. <laughs> What the Florida? Well, you're from, okay. So wait, he's from here. So this is going to be win. a challenge. Yeah, this is going to be a I'm challenge, especially here. considering. So uh, as I said before, uh, we're going to play a game called What the Florida. I'm going to read three different stories. Sorok and Charles are going to play against each other. They have to determine if the story happened in North Florida, Middle Florida, South Florida. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So I read all before you go into the stories. We're going to get this handled right oh, now. Oh Lord. Okay. Oh, so Lord, Sean Lord. thinks that explain explain where you think Middle Central Florida is. Okay, 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 okay. The reason I say that everything below I four is South Florida. The reason why I say this is because University of South Florida is literally right here in Tampa. That's why I said it. Everyone else disagrees with me because you know, Central Florida. Says, this is Central. <laughs> well, this is Central. This here's is Central. the thing. So let me let me answer the question. Sean is right. Is it because when you split? Yes, because when you split the state in half, okay, Tampa is in the southern half of the state. Okay. So he's kind of right. Everything south of I-4. So where would be, if you split it into three sections, where would be central and where, what would be north? What would be the cutoff? Well, I mean, listen, for, like I said, if we cut it in half. So yes, Tampa would be considered west central Florida because if you were going to, but if you're going to split it into three, you know, it's like, if you're going to say, okay, here's the criteria, north, central, and south. Well, you have to make the cut somewhere. There's got to be a piece in the middle. That's so true. we're kind of like in the middle. But if you were to cut Florida into north and south, Tampa is in the southern half of the peninsula. Sean, do me a favor. Can you just read my shirt for a second? You big <laughs> dummy. <laughs> and I love Fred Sanford. I'm surprised <laughs> you guys know Fred Sanford, Dirk. Aren't you too young to know Fred Sanford? No, nah, I used to watch a lot oh, of that. Oh, whatever. I grew up and watched Fred Sanford. <laughs> yeah, I know you did, but he's just a kid. Sarah's <laughs> just a kid. <laughs> Mom was probably wiping her ass. She was probably white watching Sanford and Son changing your diapers. That's all I heard. That's all actually, I heard. My little, my little, my little brother is actually the same age as him. No, really. I, I mean, what, what his, year his was diapers. what year was Sanford and Son on TV? It was 19... like seventy-five, right? 
I was negative. I mean, <laughs> right. 19, negative you weren't 18. even sperm and egg. <laughs> I was so. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in another uh, universe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, move on. So I'm going to read these three different stories. You're going to have okay. North Florida, Middle Florida, South Florida. Uh, yeah. North Florida is basically Jacksonville to Pensacola. Uh, Middle Florida is Ocala, Gainesville, and including us, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then below us is considered South Florida. All right. Now, this is going to be a challenge because of your position that you held. You actually know this state like the back of your hand. So let's get into it. Or it could be this fresh. I read all three different. Well, let me ask, is this, is, are these news stories like things that these just are happened, all news is, stories? Is this history? These are all news stories. Yeah. Okay. Local news stories. But are they right? historic news stories or are they no. fresh? They're fresh. They're okay. Well, then neither fresh. one of us have an advantage just not, because I've been here rec- my whole life. That doesn't not like I have to try and fresh. figure out where it happened. But I know the state yeah. pretty well and I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm let's saying. Go, you know the state. Say, look, you, you, know who, you know who. Listen, listen like, Charles, don't psych yourself out. Don't psych yourself out. <laughs> I'm not psyching myself out, homeboy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. First news story. First news story. <clears throat> I had to start with this one because this guy's just sick. Florida man arrested after stalking two girls, stopping to smoke some crack and play with himself. Here's the oh, story. Man. A Florida man who sent two girls running for help after they said he followed them outside of a gas station has been arrested on, stark, on stalking charges. Around 7 p.m. on Thursday, February 11th, deputies responded to a gas station and in Florida. A circuit employee told deputies that the two girls came running into the store and were so scared they couldn't speak. Investigators said the girls handed the employee a cell phone with their mom on the line. The mom explained the girls were fleeing from an older man in a gray car who had been following them. Hmm. Responding deputies learned the girls were walking south on a road, and when they noticed that an oncoming car pulled up, was pulling over to their side of the road, facing them, they crossed to the other side of the road. But as they passed the car, the driver said something to them, sped away, and then turned around to follow them. They said the driver tried to speak to them again, but the girls took off running back to the store, dropping their drinks and money so they could run faster. Deputies came in the area, found their Found their polar pops on the ground, still cold, ice filling out. Found their what on the ground? Their polar pops on the ground. I don't know what a polar pop is. I know what a polar pop is. Is that the thing you push up? Oh, wait. That's a push up. What's a polar pop? Oh, push up. All right. The driver. The driver. Oh, <laughs> both, both girls are able to, sorry, both girls are able to describe the suspect, his clothing, and his car, and around nine, pretty, third, pretty. 30 p.m. Deputies located the vehicle at another convenience store. Upon contact, the driver asked, is this about the two girls from earlier? The driver identified as 55-year-old Kevin Rich. Told deputies Wait, he had Kevin Rich? Over on, the se- <laughs> on the side of the on the side of the road to smoke some crap. So to smoke some crack. I think Charles is Googling right now. I think he Googled. No, I'm Google not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. He, he denied the following. He did not following the girls and told deputies they were just startled by the activity he was engaging in. A criminal inst- a criminal history check revealed Rich has 24 prior felony charges and 16 prior misdemeanors, but no prior sets offenses or stalking charges. He was okay. arrested on so stalking first charges. First time for everything. All right. Second story. Second story. Oh, oh are we going to At the end. No, we'll no. Guess oh, the, all three, you have to put all them three. in order? Yeah. No. Oh, oh, no. Okay. No, not, yeah. not not in order, not in order. You'll see. <laughs> we just making up the rules on the fly. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, not in order. It's not in order. I just read them all and then we just say them in order. Okay. Florida man breaks into a house, gets naked, and jumps into a bathtub. A Florida man was arrested after breaking to breaking through a homeowner's window, stripping down and jumping in the bathtub. 
According to the local news, David Hans, 24, was called in the act from a home security alert that went off on the homeowner's phone. Deputies were called to the burglary in progress last Wednesday by the homeowner that could see Hans on his phone security app trying to get through the front door of the home. When that failed, Hans broke through a window and entered, and entered the home. According to the local news, the homeowner went home, grabbed a firearm, and found Hans naked in a bathtub. When deputy arrived, deputies arrived, Hans was surrounded by the armed home, homeowner and neighbors. According to the sheriff's office, the deputy reviewed the footage and the security app of Hans breaking into the house and arrested him for breaking and damaging property. Hans was booked into the county jail for fifteen thousand dollars. That's a bad. Which county jail? Right. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. Well, Sean, you froze. By the way, I'm pretty sure. Did I? Think it's a good picture, though. It's a good freeze frame. It, it it always freezes pretty well. It always freezes pretty well. I, I gotta admit, it doesn't. Well, that's the rumor. By, by the way, Charles, freeze. what do you what do you record on? Me and my asking. <laughs> what do you mean? What do I record? Like on? like yeah. we use we use Zoom, obviously, but like what? You know something? You'd have to talk to Kyle. Like he's and he's my technical guy. Oh, okay. I have no idea. I just stand here and look pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, last news story. All right. Last news story. Drunken Florida woman on a motorized suitcase leads police thrown on a chase through an airport. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, say that again. <laughs> a drunken Florida woman leads police on a leads police on a chase on a motorized suitcase. An intoxicated passenger who was barred from boarding an airplane rode away from the gate on a motorized suitcase as police officer on a bicycle followed behind her court records and newly released video shows. We're going to have a bike running, a bike pursuing a suitcase in a minute, a police (laughs) officer said as he tried to catch up to the passenger who was driving a scooter-like electric vehicle mounted onto her luggage. (laughs) The things is going to come up, come up. Here we go. What is it? Oh, okay. No, I was getting I was getting to the beef of the story. I don't want no beef. I'm just trying to go home and enjoy myself, said Austin, who claimed to have had a two drinks before her flight. The police officer, Andrew Malone, informed Austin that her glassy eyes inability to stand straight and the odor of alcohol on her were reasons for the airline to suspect she was too intoxicated to fly until she was asked to leave. It's okay. You just need to go over to the terminal and sober up a little bit, get another flight. Moments later, as Austin Cursed at the officer and waved her middle finger. She rode away from the gate while sitting on the motorized suitcase. What <laughs> you you know how that went. <laughs> Buddy. Motorized suitcase. I'm oh, forget Amazon. The officer, the officer was quoted as saying, Oh man, that thing, that thing kind of goes fast. As Austin rode over the suitcase through the crowd of passengers, some of whom can be heard giggling at the unusual scene. <laughs> Holy shit. I looked up motorized suitcases. They range from Nine hundred dollars to thirty-two. Oh, you accuse me of googling, and you're well, on. I mean, computer. <laughs> cheater. It's Amazon. It's Amazon. All right. So, you recap for me. First story was uh, the, the the motorized suit. The motorized suitcase chase lasted for a total of ten minutes behind a TSA Jesus. security line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I already have my guesses. All right. Yeah, me too. All right. First story. First story. The man who. Sat on the side of the road to smoke some crack. You want to go first? Charles, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first. Okay, I go think ahead. the guy who smoked crack on the side of the road and exposed himself is from Central Florida. That sounds like Pasco County. I'm going to say Central Florida as well. <laughs> you can't, you can't go by what he's going by. It's just oh, saying, also get a oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, what, <laughs> what, oh, so okay, but I'll say secret. 
I'll say something. No, 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 because no. he's just gonna copy no, no. my answers. <laughs> but they're that right. happened. In, it, that you are correct. That happened in in, in Deland, Florida. Deland, Florida is where it happened. Deland, so correct. Deland, Deland, Florida. Deland, Florida. That's See? north. That's north of where actually that's very close to Daytona Beach. So yes, it's yeah. Central Florida. <laughs> All right. So we, we right. both got it right. So we obviously. got the first one right. <laughs> the second story, you're going to go first. All right. I'm going to say right. drunk guy in the bathtub. Drunk oh, guy in the bathtub. That sounds like somebody at my bar. So I'm going to say Central Florida as well. Okay. All right. Oh, it can be, it, they, they can all be the one that's not they one can, from each. Yeah. They can all be the they same. They can all, they can all be the same. Area. Oh, you know something? I'm just going to say for the, for shits and giggles, I'm going to say this one happened in North Florida. Oh man, I was hoping you say South Florida. This happened in Monroe County, which is in the Florida Keys. Yes, oh. Monroe, that is the Florida Keys. Monroe County okay. is all the yeah. Florida Keys. So, really, right. that one happened down the Florida Keys. All right. So then the know. last yeah. one is the motorized suitcase. Mm. Yeah, I already know. I'm going to say I'm going to say the motorized <laughs> suitcase chase was South Florida because that sounds pure Hialeah and Miami. See, 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 okay, wait, time out, time out. I was going to say the exact same thing. I was like, I just could picture it at Miami International Airport in my head right now. Yeah, I so picture I'm MIA. I'm, go, I'm going Miami. You are both incorrect. It happened at Orlando Airport. Orlando <laughs> Airport. So <laughs> Central Florida, South Florida, Central Florida. Yeah. Wait a chance. Uh, Hey, Jesus. I had to bring it. I had to add an add a, an actual native on the show. I had to bring I had to bring all. Well, you know, out. to be perfectly honest, those stories are not that type of activity is not germane to one particular area. <laughs> um, it could happen anywhere in Florida, you know, because it's this true, is a crazy but... ass state. So. <laughs> so, so, hey, Charles, let me ask you this. Someone told me, I think my girlfriend, actually, she was saying, because, you know, the whole like Florida man thing is, you know, everybody kind of knows that nationally. Right. They were saying um, the reason being is because Florida, as far as like crimes, I guess, is all that stuff is public record. So a lot of the crazy news gets reported. All crimes are public record. Okay. Is it any has anything to do with why they call it Florida man? Because I, I know no, it's it just be because, the, be, listen, here's the deal Florida is now the third largest state in the nation. Wow, so you naturally, you've got 21 million people here. You are yeah. naturally going to have more occurrences of craziness. Yep. I mean, you can have it in Kentucky, which is minute, Kentucky you know, by man. comparison. Kentucky man. <laughs> you know, right. But I mean, it could happen there. But because yeah. it's such a small population, the chances of it happening there repeatedly, constantly being in the news, you just don't have that kind of volume. You don't have that number of people there. Mm-hmm. So your stories are going to come from California and Texas and New York and Florida. Those are the big four. That's true. And Florida man just rolls off the tongue so so right. You know what I mean? Florida man, Kentucky man. That sounds weird. <laughs> but you can, you can say that about everybody. You can say Georgia man. You can say Mississippi man. You can say Wyoming man. <laughs> Mississippi man. <laughs> Mississippi man. <laughs> Mississippi man. Yeah, that's a song. It's a it is. Like, like, didn't Gladys Knight sing that in the fifth? <laughs> Mississippi man. No. Midnight train to Georgia. That's what she sang. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm young. I'm a millennial. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, oh, now you're just gonna make me yeah, old. Yeah, I know, right? I see. I see. I, oh I see man, I see how it goes. But Gladys oh, Knight is right. an icon, and you should know her. So yeah, I know her. You, you got that right. Let's go together. That right. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. Before, then you woke up. Before we, before we go, uh, Miss Belay, if you would go ahead and plug your show and anything else you want to go ahead and share with our audience. 
Thank you very much for allowing me to do that. Um, the name of the podcast is Charles Belay Unleashed. Uh, it runs on 12 social media platforms worldwide. Uh, you can, we always put out a link so you can follow really the easiest way is to follow on Facebook and find the face, uh, Charles Belay Unleashed Facebook page, but I'm also on Twitter and you can find me on TikTok and Snapchat and Google and YouTube. You know, the list goes on and on and on. So wherever you listen to podcasts, also on Apple and Spotify, but I mean, as much as I appreciate everybody listening on Apple and Spotify, I try to remind everybody that this is a visual podcast mm -hmm. and we really do work very hard. I mean, if you've seen my podcast, it is very visually uh, intense. You know, it's 3D graphics and it's, it's very sound intensive. I mean, I'm aware that people are listening. So we've got a lot of layering in there with audio, but you know, you can't watch, you can't, I mean, you can listen to the three minute road show, but you really have to see the three minute road show because that's the whole point. We're taking you to see something. So uh, I would prefer if people would watch my podcast, but if you just want to listen to it, you know, I don't look <laughs> a gift horse in the mouth and I'll take that. <laughs> Is there any platform that does both? Oh, I wonder, cause you know, you got Spotify, Apple podcast, but it's just audio. Is there anyone that does podcast audio and video i mean i would assume that i mean i mean i don't know I, i'm not exactly sure how all that works yeah me either but i mean i would assume that you know facebook could do it i mean you would just put up a link that would be just audio that people could listen to yeah i guess you know, I, just, I'm, I, I think that like it's, i don't think audio. that there's any limitation i mean i think that there are some that would limit your ability to do video like mm -hmm. you know spotify you can't do video i don't think um, or, or an Apple podcast. I don't think that they do video, but places like Facebook and, and Twitter and YouTube, they could do both because they yeah. would accept both. You could yeah. listen to it or you could watch it. It's very true. YouTube is, I'm telling you, YouTube is, it's, it's, it's TV now. <laughs> I mean, it's right. pretty yeah. much. That's exactly, I mean, that's what I, I use it for. I mean, I get bored. Hey, there it is. Pop it up there and Watch some yeah, we somebody play a video up. game and, and, and hey, you know, they play video games as, in a, as a role playing thing. Like they do a whole scripts and everything. It's it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's, just, it's streaming. They're is, very creative. People are very creative. But anyway, on that bombshell, do you have anything else? No, um, Charles, I just want to thank you again for for coming on. I know I don't know if it was, it was short notice, and Sean, I thank you for putting this together because this, I mean, I, I've learned a lot. Um, just as you know, it, it's good. We, we have a lot of guests, I would say this, not a lot, but, you know, from all different aspects, whether it's doctors, whether it's actors, whatever it may be. But I, I really, truly, like, always appreciate having, like, another podcaster on, right? Because it's, it's kind of like having, like, your brother on or something like that or, you know, or your, or your cousin so we can relate to a lot of things. Honestly, we could have talked for another two hours, <laughs> but, you know, we have limitations. Um, like I said, we'd love to go on your show. We'll promote the hell out of, you know, this episode, your, your uh, platforms as well. And, you know, we'd love to have you back on. And, man, I, and I definitely, I appreciate it. Sean, thank you. Joe, Charles, thank you as well. No problem. Charles, thank and you. thank you to, you know, Sirac and Sean and to all of your listeners. Thanks. Thank, thank you so much for coming to the show, Charles. I really do appreciate it. Uh, no problem. And on that last bombshell, we're going to go ahead and end the show here. This has been the Week Review with Sean and Sirac. I am Sean Aquino Torres. And it's your boy Sirac the Mike. Peace out. Thanks for listening.